Hey guys, I'm Pete. And I'm Alex. And you're listening to the Kick Push Pivot Podcast. I'm a former Fortune 500 consultant dedicated to the idea of innovation and growth. And I used to manage marketing tours for the Rolling Stones, focused on creating one-of-a-kind customer experiences. On this podcast, we interview people faced with the decision to kickstart innovation, push through doubt, or pivot to something new. We hope you find something inspiring or encouraging as you listen. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Kick, Push, Pivot. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Mr. Pete Mackey. So it's up to the people, Pete. Hello, everybody. Love to have another show, another guest. Absolutely. So our guest today is uh, Ben Foreman. He is the patient. Ex- he's in, works in patient experience for a company called Applied VR. Really cool virtual reality a company that works in the healthcare space. We're going to learn a little bit more about his journey and as well as uh, what Applied VR is doing for the healthcare space. So welcome. Awesome, ben. awesome. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Good to meet you both at uh, at Napa a few weeks ago, and I'm happy to kind of talk through a few things and, and share my journey. I do have a quick question. Which one uses a skateboarder? Pick, kick, push, pivot. That's a skateboard thing, right? <laughs> I have to say that I think I'm probably more of the sk- skateboarder. Oh, there's no but, question uh, about that. There's no question about but, that. We definitely came up with it together, though. It was sort of like an idea that Pete had from another podcast that he had seen as far as like the three, three short Uh words. And then I, we kind of discussing, you know, what we're we're thinking about presenting as far as the process of entrepreneurs and businesses and what they Mm -hmm. go through. And it's thinking about that song, kick, push, coast, push, (laughs) you know, and coast, you know, that one. So uh, it just, it kind of all blended together perfectly. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for those of you that are listening here, Ben met with uh, Pete and I at a uh, a medical event in Napa, and we got to kind of check out what he did in the VR space and really cool stuff. Um, And and by the way, if you check out Ben on LinkedIn, you'll see that he quotes himself as being a nerd on a mission. (laughs) So so Ben, maybe you can uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself, kind of where you come from and your background. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so I was born and raised in um, the Silicon Valley, Cupertino, actually. Um, you know, growing up, you mm-hmm. tell people you're from Cupertino and they're like, well, where the hell is that? You know, and now it's like you have an iPhone. It's this, you know, it's the, it's the first city that you that you see on there because Apple's headquartered in Cupertino. Uh, so growing right. up, just, you know, when when I was growing up, it was I mean, it, a little app, little before my time, but it was, you know, Apple and apricot orchards in Cupertino. Um, I think Apple was the first big company to come in. Uh, and then the others kind of followed suit. So I kind of really got to see that a lot of that, um, you know, emergence in, in the Silicon Valley. I mean, I mean, at least starting in the 90s. Um, so just being exposed in the tech environment, I think really got me interested in tech. And that's kind of where the where the passion began. You know, I was a big gamer growing up, I used to build my own PCs you know, like loading, launching games on DOS and, um, you know, you name it. So it's always been a passion of mine from a young age. And then, you know, like, like any human being, you know, we, we stray from the course a bit, but we always seem to find a way back home. Um, and so, you know, I had done multiple different, multiple different sales jobs. That was kind of my, my niche. Um, and then I was like, you know what, I want to get back into tech. You know, it was just, it was just calling me. Um, so, I mean, I'm happy to talk through where, where I went to navigate up to this point, but yeah, I found applied VR. Um, my dad was a, a dentist. 
definitely know what it's like to be to see patients who are anxious before procedures. My mom was a personal trainer, so definitely the health and wellness is something that's reinforced in my home. Um, and I really saw Apply VR as kind of like a, you know, like a, a nexus of, of these these two things. Um, and I wanted to be a part of it. And uh, yeah, so I joined the company about four years ago, and and um, yeah, still still there. How'd you how'd you find the company? Or did they find you? <laughs> no, I found them. Um, so I, it must have been like Indeed or, you know, one of those. Um, I, I, want, I was either looking at like the gaming or the VR space. But, you know, keep in mind when I joined Apply VR in 2017, VR was like the internet in 92, you know. Um, right. So it was definitely like an early, an early opportunity. But again, I really liked the mission. It aligned with kind of, you know, things that I thought were important or things that I had been exposed to. Um, yeah. And I found them on, on Indeed. I got a call maybe three months later and I was just like, oh my God, it's, it's you guys. <laughs> and I was like, I totally forgot. And I interviewed and the rest is history. Wow. Very cool. Could you uh, explain us a little more of the audience that wasn't able to experience the headsets uh, in Napa? Yeah. What, um, what you guys do and what kind of the, the end goal or the, uh, the ideal, you know, solution you guys are bringing to healthcare? Right. So just a quick history lesson. Um, well, so we do therapeutic virtual reality. Um, it's a digital therapeutic. Um, VR has been around since the mid to late nineties, as far as like meaningful, as far as providing like meaningful clinical benefit. Um, you know, VR at that time was like giant snakes coming across the room and they had to drop it in on cranes just for these two little eye pieces for a patient to wear. So, you know, at the time it just wasn't, it wasn't feasible. It wasn't accessible. Um, and so kind of the hardware that's been more available in the last, you know, two to five years has really um, made us kind of scale this out to where it is across a number of different, um, um, you know, hospitals and whatnot. So we provide, it's a digital therapeutic. Our focus has always been pain. It's always been pain. We've had different ways of delivering our experiences, uh, but it's always been to help patients cope with pain uh, and also anxiety. So we provide therapeutic experiences in the headset. You know, it's rooted in cognitive behavioral therapy, mindfulness, uh, meditation, there's breath training, all to really just maximize that cognitive load to the patient. You know, we think we're good at multitasking. Mm -hmm. We're not at all. Uh, if we can transport that mm -hmm. patient to a different environment, introducing different um, sights, different sounds, engaging their periphery, having them focus on a breathing pattern, you know, we can really just distract that person, person to the highest level. Um, and so we take these experiences right. with a combination of, you know, our our research and development team on, you know, the best ways to like, quote, again, hijack someone's brain um, to have this kind of clinical effectiveness. So again, we focus on patients with, uh, with, with pain through our, through our programs. Very cool. So basically they put on a headset and they're basically transported to another world where they can, they can be like in a, in a Mount Everest sitting down, meditating and breathing. They can be at the beach. They could be with other, other, animals or people is all sorts of different applications, but at, at its core, it's, it's putting someone into that focused state where they can actually, they can actually heal. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you know, there's, there's a, you know, there's off the shelf solutions you can get that have, you know, the experiences like you're talking about. I mean, we definitely pride ourselves on, on, um, you know, having more engagement, like, in um, you know, engaging the breath, having someone have a regulated breathing pattern, our, our webs our sorry, our headset actually captures their breath. So as they see their breath in VR, we're encouraging a regular breathing pattern, you know, like four in to four in hold and then four out. 
or some kind of breathing pattern, as their breathing becomes more in line with our pacer, they get a positive response from the environment. You know, trees will grow, flowers will blossom. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really try to like enhance oh. that level of engagement versus just kind of like a, you know, sit at the beach and look around. Although that is effective, you know, we, we really try to take it to the next level. That's awesome. That's so interactive. Cool. Very interactive. Well, super I'll tell you one thing. My wife says I'm terrible at multitasking, so I probably need some of this. <laughs> yeah. You need to check life. it out. It's only, it's only going to make you worse. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Yeah. Which actually reminds me of a good joke. Oh, I, here we I go. I heard your other podcast. Dad, I always can't good wait. for a dad joke. <laughs> oh, man. Well, did you, uh, did you hear about the, the VR game? With Titanic? No. <laughs> well, I've heard it's really promising, but you can never get it to load because it's always sinking. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Peter. Should we just call it here, guys? <laughs> yeah, I think we're done. I think it's over. Uh, mic- microphone drop. That's about it. That's all oh, we that need. was awesome. No, but uh, a little nugget for you there, yeah. Ben. Um, I actually used to work in demos for Oculus before they were purchased by Facebook. So I I dabbled in a little bit of VR yeah. myself. And when, when it first started, it was all about the video games. And it was just like, you know, having fun, messing around. And then kind of as we went to some more, some bigger shows and met some other people that were really interested in it, they were like, oh, no, this is much bigger than just yeah. video games. There's healthcare, there's uh, criminal justice, there's all kinds of different uses for this VR. Yeah, just just really interesting what kind of other uses that they had for it, especially in the healthcare yeah. space. Number one, for surgeons who are looking to, you know, practice surgery without having to worry about killing yeah. somebody. But then also now learning about what you guys do as far as, um, you know, uh, curing pain or like transitioning people to an, another dimension essentially yeah. to, to distract them from that pain, which is really interesting. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I think Brennan Spiegel, I don't know if he was the first to coin the phrase, but he definitely uh, says that he, he says VR is the syringe, you know, and it, it, it's all about what you load into it. You know, it can be used for good. It can be used for evil. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, right. the, the applications are endless. It's just about how creative the, the developers can be. And now that the hardware is so much more accessible, um, and these, you know, you have these enterprise solutions you can build on. I mean, sky's the limit. There's, there's so many different things that they're doing with VR, um, and and Oculus. Yeah, that's a that's a great off the shelf solution. They make a good headset. So, so did you go to school for any of this kind of stuff, or did you, or you just kind of self taught? <laughs> yeah. So um, it's funny you ask. I actually never graduated high school. Um, I never went to college. Really? Um, so, yeah, I guess self self taught. Well, I, I'm not going to say self taught. I mean, like you know my dad is a huge inspiration of mine and he's definitely a really smart guy and being able to pick up nuggets from him growing up, you know, is definitely not something to be overlooked. Um, but in terms of, sure. you know, formal education, yes, I don't, I don't have any formal education. I guess I, I went to UC university of Google, UC Google, um, or, you know, mm-hmm. so I would just take, pick up books, pick up audiobooks from the internet, um, or read on Google and I would just listen to tapes in my car. Um, and that's really how I got my education. Uh, also, being being wow. into sales, there's no there's no sales classes that are taught in high school or um, or specifically, I guess, in college. So you know, and there's a lot of great information sure. out there. Thankfully, the world we live in today, you can access anything online. And so I, yeah, I just took it all in. 
Wow. You are yeah, a true, I mean, that's gotta true be entrepreneur in the Silicon Valley. True trend. entrepreneur. Absolutely. You didn't, you didn't even drop out of college like the rest of them. You just didn't even go yeah. and finish high school. So you just did it all. Yeah. I figured I'd raise the bar a little bit. I, I didn't I didn't come up <laughs> just, with a billion dollar idea in my mom's basement though, so that's the only thing I'm missing. You right. just get started exactly. early. You know, you find what you want to do, you get started early. Yeah. That's how it works. So I mean, that's gotta be a challenge in itself, obviously putting on a resume that, you know, you you didn't finish high school and things like that. But were there any other challenges that you faced coming into the professional world, coming into tech, maybe coming into healthcare, um, that you can speak about? Yeah. Um I mean, I think the biggest challenge was just kind of like when you don't, when you don't go to, when you didn't go to high school and I didn't go to college, you know, you don't really know, like, like you graduate with an accounting degree. You're like, well, I guess I'm supposed to be an accountant. You know, um, I had no label mm -hmm. pl placed on myself. So for me, it was like the discovery process of like, how do I want to label myself? Um, and that sure. was challenging because it's like, you know, you don't, you don't know, you don't know which direction you're going to go. Um, and mm -hmm. I mean, I've always had a mouthpiece, but of course, salesmen are not born, they're taught. Um, but it was just something that I naturally leaned into. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just had to kind of get started from the ground up. I think I started selling AT&T door to door, uh, you know, to pay for textbooks for a college that I would inevitably, inevitably not attend. Um, and then, you know, I got a job selling gym membership, gym memberships. Um, you know, again, I had a great mentor there. The guy was an absolute animal and, you know, they made me manager in 90 days after I got there. Um, just, just hustling, hustling, wow. hustling. And then, um, yeah, chronologically, I took my skills into, into real estate because I was like, okay, real estate, you don't need a formal training, but if you can, um, if, mm -hmm. if you like to hustle, that's, that's the game for you. And then, yeah, I mean, I had to, I had to start in with an early position here at applied VR. Um, and now I'm, you know, from, from that experience, I've really developed my corporate resume, but yeah, in the beginning to answer your question, I think the biggest thing was just like, which direction am I going to go? Cause it's, it's up to me. It's up to me right. now. Yeah. And it sounds like you probably changed directions quite a bit. And that's, I think that's something that people getting started kind of pass up sometimes of that idea that you don't have to know exactly what you want to do when you first get started. You just kind of have to start. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And then one thing I, I think that any organization will find valuable is a good salesman. <laughs> so I think what you did there was actually just provide value for yourself. Um, and I think there's something to be said about that as well. Just providing something that someone else can see value in and then maximize. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta, you gotta use, you gotta leverage what you have while you still have it. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, the fact that I was able, the, the fact that I was like willing to learn definitely helped, but you know, I was like, well, I, I have this kind of innate, uh, ability to, to talk. So I should probably lean into that, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, you know, one thing I'd love to hear more about is um, maybe on the family side, you mentioned your dad being a big inspiration to you. Yeah. Can you share a little bit more about that? Because, um, you know, without knowing much, it sounds like your dad took a very different path, right? Dentists are kind of notorious for being steady and reliable. They don't do a lot of big changes in their business or dramatic things yeah. traditionally. Um there are definitely some entrepreneurs out there that are, are unique, but kind of a very measured career. Um, and you've done something very entrepreneurial with your life. Mm -hmm. So can you share a bit more about that, how your dad got you kind of uh, inspired to do what you're doing today? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, 
I mean, of course, you're a lot like your parents, but I think I, I see myself as my dad just born in a different generation, you know, like, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't a, I think it took him like seven years to get a bachelor's degree, you know, so he's not a prime example of someone going through that, uh, anyway, the educational system, but he eventually stuck it out, you know, he, he got his degree and he became a dentist. I think he had a, he had a, a baby early, so he had to, he had to figure something out, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the opportunities we have today with technology kind of allowed me to, to really like find my, my groove, you know, had it, had I gone to college when he went to college, maybe I wouldn't, wouldn't have had that same kind of luxury. Um, but he was, you know, more of a self-starter. It just, it was just a different time. Um, but I mean, you know, obviously he had a, a big influence on me. Um, you know, and he always said growing up, like, he, I, you know, it was like, what am I going to do? I didn't go to high school. I didn't go to college. He's like, look, I know I didn't raise an idiot. I'm pretty sure you'll figure it out, you know? And he would, and that was always just, just having his vote of confidence. <laughs> great, great advice. advice. Yeah. Uh, and then another, you know, nugget was, you know, it's, it's not what you do from nine to five. It's what you do from five to nine. I um, mean, that's something that he said that really mm. stuck with mm. me. And it's like, you know, I apply that to my own life. I mean, clearly you guys are doing things like this podcast outside of your, your normal duties. And, you know, I think that's, that's really important. Find something you like, find something you're passionate about. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's something that, that really stuck with me, but. Yeah, so we had very, very different paths. I, I see us as very similar. We're just born in different times. That's interesting. I, I love that story because in many ways, you know, my own life is very similar. My, my dad um, is a construction worker, hard worker, raised a family of five kids. But we took very different paths, right? I, I ended up in where I am today in uh, more of a business development kind of customer-facing side. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, my dad is just not good at that kind of conversation. He's kind of gruff, mm -hmm. you know, traditional blue collar guy, you know, smart guy, hard Probably worker, tough as nails. but different path. He, he always, he always believed in me and always kind of infused a good work ethic, Yeah, which I think it sounds like you have that as well with your five to nine, you know, comment. And, uh, I think in many ways, like you said before, we are what our parents make us, you know, at least instill in us from a young age, you know? And, and we, we take our own path at the other day, but I think we can learn a lot from, from our environment that we grew up in. So yeah. I definitely identify with that as well. I, I love that, which is also partly why I have so many dad jokes because, <laughs> you know, it just deeply rooted. Yeah. Can I, can I, can I uh, tell a joke? I think this is a great segue into my first joke of the podcast. <laughs> no. Absolutely. You, All right. you might yeah, already it know it, but what did the mama Buffalo say to the baby Buffalo when she dropped him off at school? Oh, I think I know this. Bye, one. son. <laughs> I think I think Pete told us oh, that yeah? one not too long ago. Yeah, your dad, oh, your, it was your dad boring. level is one one ahead of mine, I guess. Oh, dude, you have no idea. You got you got plenty like of said, time. I'm in your kingdom now. Plenty of time. <laughs> Pete is just uh, the king of dad jokes. He's literally like what he brings to the table anywhere we that's, go. Yeah. One of the few things, actually, for that matter. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, what, one of the things I'd love to hear from you is what advice would you give uh, to someone in your shoes? You know, I think in this next generation of people coming out of, um, you know, school, even before school, I think your story in some ways is more aligned with what they are thinking about. But very few people have the guts, yeah. determination, or even the opportunity to do things the way you've done them, where you've avoided the traditional path of education, the tr traditional path of j a job uh, kind of career ladder. 
Any advice, any nuggets you have for our audience? Yeah, you know, um, I it's like that question, you know, what would you tell your 21-year-old self, you know? Um, and it, I, I almost feel like it's the opposite, you know? Like if you were 21, what would you tell your 30-year-old self? We always think that the wisdom is past one direction. But when you're 21, hmm. at least, you know, you're ambitious, you're hungry, you're young, you feel like you're invincible, you feel like you can do anything. And I feel like some of that gets lost with age and people kind of, they kind of hmm. settle, you know? So it's like, although you, you might have totally. the wisdom when you're 30, but did you, did you have the, the same tenacity when you were 21, you know? Um, so if I were to tell young, young kids, you know, it's that when you get older, you, you do slow down a little bit, you know? Um, you start, you know, you get kicked in the teeth a few times, you have expensive and make expensive mistakes, you know, as you get older, they get more and more expensive. So just know that that fire that is burning inside of you, like it, it will, it does dim a little bit, you know, and that's okay because, you know, you always find a way back to it, but use that while you have it, use that while you have it. Um, and then just find out what, what you're good at or what you're passionate about and just lean into it a hundred percent. And just learn everything you can about it. And because we have access to technology, we have access to information, like there's no reason why that's not possible. Um, so while you're young, while you're optimistic and you feel like you're invincible, don't rest on that laurel because life will catch up to you. So use that fire while it's there. Mm. Love that. I like it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed what you said also about having a nine to five, but also it's about what you do from five mm -hmm. to nine. And I think that any entrepreneur, anybody that's ambitious uh, can really, can really, uh, you know, uh, understand that. It's, it's really not just about what you do during the day or maybe you have a day job or whatever, you know, it's really you're passionate about something. It's not just mm -hmm. nine to five. You're going to be passionate about it 24 mm -hmm. hours a day. So it's about what you do from five to nine and continuing that hustle that really uh, sets you off in your yeah, career. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for sharing some of your life stories. And um, there, rumor has it, you have a couple of side hustles though. <laughs> so before we go, I'd love to have you just drop a couple of teasers to the audience yeah. about uh, what that five to nine could look like. For those that are uh, creative out there, would you mind sharing a couple of your uh, five to nine hobbies? So I am an avid, avid Pokemon collector. Uh, it's a <laughs> yeah. Look, I've, I, I'm, I'm mad that I stopped collecting. You know, I'm, I'm mad that I stopped collecting. But I've been, I started again the last few years, really passionate about that. And then investment real estate. I did investment real estate for five, six years, and you know, it, 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 it'd be a shame to go my whole life learning all this information and helping other people invest and not do it myself. So investment real estate, um, happy to talk offline about that if anyone else outside of my, you know, work capacity. Yeah. And those, those Pokemon cards are fetching a pretty penny nowadays yeah. too. So probably not a bad thing to be collecting yeah, nowadays. Yeah, it's fun. I love shiny cardboard. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> love it. Oh man. You, you and me both firmly rooted in the eighties, shiny yeah. cardboard. <laughs> remember baseball cards back you still have yours <clears throat> you know i'm not gonna say what happened to them on a recorded podcast but there might have been some cleaning oh, of God. my uh basement and i was not authorizing some of the cleaning Oof. that happened so several oh, binders no. of baseball cards were removed wow. 
off off the premises and have not been here. We were trying to end on a high note and here. I know. (laughs) Oh, that's too bad, man. Well, if you want everyone to rekindle that passion, you let me know. All right. I'll do it. So where can people get a hold of you, uh, Ben? If people want to talk to you about, you know, VR or about some of your side hobbies like uh, Pokemon (laughs) or, uh, you know, investment real estate. What's the best way of reaching yeah, out absolutely. to you? So I'm on LinkedIn as Benjamin Michael Foreman, my full name. Um, that's probably probably the best way to to reach me. If you want to check out our website, it's appliedvr.io. Um, if you do end up reaching out, just make sure to tell them Ben sent you. Um, but yeah, I would say LinkedIn and our website are the two best ways. And then if we decide to take the conversation elsewhere, I'll just, we'll let it flow. Sounds good. Well, thanks again, Ben, for being on the podcast. Uh, it, was a, it was a really fun episode. Yeah, thanks Glad so much, guys. On. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And for all of those listening out there, make, uh, make sure to continue to like, follow, and subscribe. And we will see you all next time. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at KPP Podcast. If you'd like to be on the show or know someone who would make a great guest, feel free to reach out. Hope to see you next time.